0: Hello, I'm Kenza and this is the Finding Space podcast. And welcome back to the Finding Space podcast. This week, I sat down and interviewed Duke Pong, the London-based crit rider. I met up with Duke in his hometown of London. We spoke about his journey from skateboarder to crit racer, and he opened up about his continuing battle with depression and anxiety, and how the bike played a major role in both sides of that. Enjoy!
1: Started pretty late, so skateboarded for a bit, and then that went into... Fixed gear bikes and just started riding fixed and was commuting around London on one and sort of just naturally fell in with some really cool people on the scene and hung around Tokyo Fix. This was around like 2011, 2012. And it just went from there, which is kind of crazy.
0: So you were into skateboarding before. What sort of how long did you do that? Did you six, seven years? Okay, like full on. So it's quite a big part of your. Yeah. Early life. What was it about skateboarding that you...
1: It was just other. So, like, the schools I went to, the school I went to, like, primary school. So, I always... Like, music is a big thing for me as well. And I always listen to I listen to all genres. So, I remember in year six, specifically, everyone was talking about their favourite albums, like 50 Cent, Get Rich, Die Trying. And I was like, I love, by the way, by Red Hot Chili Peppers. And people were like, what the hell? Why do you listen to this music? Like, didn't understand it? I've seen now everybody loves them. But, yeah... It's just other because everyone was playing football, basketball, tennis, badminton. I just wanted something else to have for me, I guess.
0: And was that a social group outside of school or in school or was it just on your own? Just on my own. Yeah. Like it's heavily
1: into anime and cartoons and rock music. It's just quite nice, yeah. When
0: yeah. you were younger, um, I guess moving from skateboarding, did you look at crit racing as also a sort of other part of cycling?
1: Yeah. It- Fixed gear, crit racing specific specifically, because I remember, I think this is 2011, 2012 also, the Tokyo fixed hunt. So a few, me and my friends, uh, I pulled a sickie that day because I was working in retail at the time. I pulled a sickie, saying I got hit by a car, which is really bad to say. That's pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah, and I got my friends in the background to be like, "Are you okay?" And managed to pull that off, and we headed to Hillingdon, and I was like probably one of the furthest rides I'd ever done on a fixed gear bike went to Hillingdon and this is with Andy Ellis uh Tim who had this Cannondale track um Lars Lars Wolf he's like an OG fixed gear guy from Brascona um who else was there Chaz and Walton came down from San Francisco to race this race as well oh cool and we were just on our track bikes like totally not suitable for crit racing like 650 wheels head threes all the fixy stuff (laughs) (laughs) or track bike stuff really but can call it fixie. <laughs> Um and yeah we saw them racing and we were like this is crazy we would love to try this but our bikes weren't suitable for it at all and then from there we went to the track and our bikes obviously like they got better and better but after that it just became its own thing we just started focusing on getting faster and just riding around the town on stupid gear ratios just having fun not necessarily in full lycra and it just progressed but it's yeah you just do things i just went into it i never really saw an end goal like when i picked up picked up my first track bike i never thought i'd be riding for mash or like meet kenny from god and famous or make all these friends it's never it was never an end goal for me there isn't an end goal it's just have fun and ride
0: pretty cool bikes yeah tell us a bit about sort of mash and for people that don't know like what is mash
1: so mash um yeah 2006 2007 riding fixed gear bikes uh Mike Martin, founder, he made this crazy hour-long video of just guys riding track bikes, like legends in my eyes, riding track bikes around San Francisco, and it was absolutely mental. And then from that video stemmed a lot of things, like Macafrema, for example, and you just see all this content. But yeah, Mashua, one of the first guys I think to actually properly document what it means to ride a track bike, and almost its purity.
0: And I guess that goes back to the sort of skate world because it's all about creating content. Exactly. It's about getting that photo, that video clip. So were they, were they just sort of introducing that into cycling, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly that. And Mike Martin used to skateboard as well, or oh, I think he still does anyway.
0: So uh, how did you get involved with MASH? How, what, when was that relationship made?
1: um this is during their 10-year world tour so they've been established for 10 years this was in 2016 and they were doing a 10-year tour and london was one of their stops and at the time i was a part of fixed gear london so i was like one of the very last members because this when fixed gear was starting to decline which in my eyes it never really did decline it's just people stopped riding some new people started riding and it's just reinventing itself i guess yeah from like the street stuff and the racing stuff, like racing became a lot more serious and nobody really wanted to like shred on the streets and stuff like that.
0: You obviously have done quite a lot of work um, with Rafa. Yeah. Uh, people might recognize you from <laughs> a few of the uh, advertising campaigns and things. Is that something you enjoy doing?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, because before Rafa, I never really traveled with my road bike ever. It's just been my track bike like going to New York and racing Red Hook and afterwards heading towards Nyack, like riding Bear Mountain on a fixed gear track bike with no brakes. It's kind of crazy. And then went with Rafa. I think my first shoot was Switzerland and riding with guys who had ridden on pro teams before. It was just mental. And I've never really climbed any mountains before that. So I didn't know how to pace myself. Like Richmond Park was my playground. And I thought, okay, I can just search, but not really realizing I have like a good, like five miles of climbing to go. Yeah. So yeah, another baptism by fire, <laughs> which is quite interesting.
0: It, was it something, was the road bike just not something you really related to at that stage? Was it, yeah. has that changed in your sort of cycling career?
1: Yeah. So when I first started riding fixed gear, I remember just doing stupid rides, like heading off to Windsor in a pair of like denim cutoffs and then heading to Brighton for the first time. And I passed these guys on road bikes and they were like, you're not going to make up ditchling on that gear. You have no brakes. You're going to it's going to be interesting to see you fail. And I climbed ditchling. I literally dropped them and I was like, why is there such animosity between fixed gear cyclists and road bikes? At the end of the day, we're on bikes. Why does it matter? So ever since then, I never really got on with guys on road bikes. So I always had this uh, preconception of they're going to be Not very nice. Like I've never really been one for the cliquey kind of stuff. That's the one thing I don't like about sometimes with road racing. It's very cliquey. So like I'll go to like a road race or like a road crit, and nobody wants to talk. Everyone's just like huddling in their little teams. And there's me with my stupid smile, like stoked to be racing, and then nobody's. Everyone's like cold. I don't like that. But then, like during the race, I'll make jokes, which is pretty silly. Probably should be focusing on racing. But it's, yeah, it's. Just to bring more of a welcome and feeling into cycling because anyone looking from the outside, especially like being black, whenever I, whenever I race, it's like I nine times out of ten I know there are a black person there, which is quite sad because there's not many black people in cycling, especially here. And yeah, just wanted to be more welcoming, more friendly.
0: Is that something that has been an obvious barrier for you in terms of enjoyment? But it's such a I mean, especially here, but basically globally, yeah. it's a very whitewashed sport Yeah, for little reason that mm. I can understand, um, especially when it comes to the national federations. Yeah. Has that something that has yeah been a barrier for you to enjoy it? Or have you always been able to sort of put that aside? i had to say like, I can put it aside,
1: but it's always going to be in the back of my mind, especially when I turn up to these races and being the only one there. It's like the pressure of being... How do I say this? Uh, It's like the pressure of representing almost because you don't really see many black guys in cycling and however I am is however they're going to perceive maybe the next black person in cycling and that's a lot of pressure to have on one person. Even my parents used to say to me, remember where you're from in terms of like, so it's never going to be just representing me Like whenever I go into a place because naturally I'm always polite anyway, but it's always like breaking down stereotypes. I entered cycling at an older age compared to a lot of people. And had I been younger, then definitely that would have affected me. But it's just being comfortable in my own skin, I guess, or learning to be comfortable in my own skin process. But yeah, it's just, I was just unapologetically me, if
0: that makes sense. And did you talk about these sort of pressures with you? Like, have you been able to talk to other riders or peers about racism in the sport or pressures in the sport that you might have experienced
1: oh yeah definitely so manny arthur he runs the black cyclist network and he does a lot of stuff on this and there's quite a few talks as well it's just talking about and just finding a safe space to talk about without offending anyone or trying to offend anyone because at the end of the day it's a conversation It's just about finding a safe space really
0: so is that something that you were part of um pretty early on
1: Uh, Yeah, to begin with, yeah, definitely. So I do attend a few rides, but naturally I'm a lone wolf almost. So I like to ride by myself a lot, which is, I'm getting better at riding with others, but
0: yeah. Do you use cycling as an escape, as a sort of a space where you can detox and sort things out in your head? Yes
1: and no. So I suffer from depression and anxiety. So um, I tend to over-rationalize things. And cycling usually is my escape, but it gets to a point where I have too much going on in my head that I push myself a bit too hard. So like to the point of almost collapsing just to get these negative thoughts on my out of my head and just focus on pushing forward. But then there's times when obviously I'm in a good space where cycling is just freeing. Like I, I'm free, I can ride my bike wherever I want, as fast as I want, I actually really enjoy riding my bike. Like nice carbon wheels, for example, from Steyr, like it's just, yeah. It's just fun.
0: How long have you um, sort of been consciously aware that you've had troubles with depression and anxiety?
1: Uh, I'd definitely say over a, a decade for sure. But wow. things got to a point this earlier this year. So yeah, yeah, it went from there really. And then this year I decided to actually seek help rather than trying to just... Bury it almost And not talk to anyone about it That's the thing Like Because I'm the only boy In my family And obviously The negative stereotypes Of being a manly man And not talking about These things That played around in my head And I didn't want to Trouble anyone But now I know how false They were Those truths I believed were truths anyway Were They were just false
0: But it So it was this year Where you got to a point Where you just thought I need To help Did that come from you though That wasn't someone it
1: was my younger sister who helped me as well because things got really bad like they spiraled out of control to the point yeah it's got really bad
0: was that just to a point where you were struggling to sort of get through the days and things like that yeah
1: essentially so my birthday was in is in december and just thinking about make it to the end of the year was a struggle even the end of the week almost it was that bad yeah it got very dark
0: have you noticed things over the year now that sort of triggers that you are now getting so you can manage the whole process and mental health well-being, are there things that you do? I'm
1: not there yet, As I'm still trying to find a whole new normal, I guess. Okay. But it's I'm literally taking every day as it comes and yeah. hopefully it will learn my triggers. That's why I'm going to therapy. <laughs> yeah. And it does actually help, just talking to someone actually helps because things that you rationalize in your head sometimes are false but because they're in your head and you tell yourself these things every day you believe them and talking to someone about it can actually it helps a ton I can't even like put enough emphasis about how much it helps
0: so yeah like talking and engaging with people is obviously I think the way forward for a lot of people it's definitely hard though
1: yeah, it's just, yeah sitting with uncomfortable emotions that you don't really want to want to deal with or even bring up, and just sitting with those emotions, it's pretty tough.
0: Has it got easier though, uh, or is it still you're still navigating through that whole s- process?
1: Still, I've, I've gone a lot better, a lot better. But it's a thing of I need to try and get better. Like where I, I never want to go back to where I was. So it's a thing of I have to talk about it to get better. And as I said, I like to think I'm a can-do kind of person yeah so i'll talk about these things but i'm sort of blasé about it at times which is very bad but it's a coping mechanism i guess because it gets me talking about
0: it are there things in the the sport that you want to do or is it not a conscious thought for you at the moment
1: what i would like to do so progressing obviously in the category system of like racing so eventually my plan for this year slash next year is to get to cat two I couldn't do that earlier this year because of my mental well-being and my physical well-being also because i crashed pretty early on but the plan for next year is like no pressure just try to get to this point and if i can bring some friends with me to race then that'll be even more amazing and then maybe start a team or even join a team because i do like the idea of like a family and that's one thing that i miss about like mash for example whenever i go to sf we're a family whenever i meet them around the world we're a family like i have love for these guys and my friends here for example so being able to create create that and turn up to these races with your friends and just smash it sort of like what the legion of los angeles are doing so led by like um justin and his brother like it's mad they have like a proper family and they race for each other that's the one thing i would like to get into
0: even when you go to a local race whatever category that may be if you have a shit time yeah do you talk to other riders about that uh now
1: yeah so my last road crit it was like four laps to go and two people touch wheels and i think she at the front and i just got sent into a ditch i was pretty upset to begin with but then after was just shrugging it off and i was just talking and focusing on all the positive things and i started um talking to other racers about like, oh, you're racing here too. Oh, cool, nice to meet you. My name is just having a conversation on how that race went. It's just positive reinforcement almost. So rather than focusing on the bad things and crashing, because sometimes it's out of your control, it's nothing you can do. It's just focusing on like the camaraderie and we're here. Okay, this crash happened, let's avoid this next time. Cause at the end of the day, you're gonna race against these people again. And it's about moving forward together rather than being like, oh, this person's really bad at riding a bike, you to stay away from them.
0: Is there a good space around the racing as well do athletes talk to each other enough or do you think that's something that could be increased in terms of talking because as i go back to like people are using this this is the platform that people are going through to get to the elite level yeah in some spaces so should more athletes be talking to each other about like mental health issues, yeah, physical issues, things exactly, like that.
1: Exactly, because you're turning up to a race, you're literally putting your body on the line. So why wouldn't you want to talk to me about how you're feeling? If that makes any sense, because you're literally right next to each other. Why wouldn't you want to talk? That's, that's why Crystal Palace crits are the best crits in town, because the vibe there is just so lovely. Everyone's just super nice and always going to ask you how you're doing. Everyone's laughing on the start line. You race together no matter how you did. It's always, uh, it's always encouraging
0: obviously you're on this sort of path through depression and anxiety and you're you're working on these things you're obviously talking to a therapist do you think this will help your performance on the bike sort of working that mental health side definitely
1: rather than seeing cycling as a way to not feel it should just be an escape and it's helped me get better at just relaxing that's one thing I've always struggled with is whenever i'm resting i feel like i need to do something so i'll just like jump on my bike and ride 40 miles or do way too many laps after work and then just not focus on looking after myself just focus on just riding my bike which can be pretty damaging
0: that's really interesting how you phrase that yeah that you use cycling to not feel sometimes yeah can you expand on that a little
1: yeah so it's like suffering almost so when your legs are burning your lungs are burning and you're just going as fast as you can like almost like a time trial and literally the only thing you can think about is just moving forwards on the bicycle and it's 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 a crazy feeling it's hard to explain because I've always done this if I'm like riding hard and I can think about other things I'm not riding hard enough I need to ride even harder than I'm riding already and that's not healthy like doing that and then not actually eating properly, stuff like that.
0: So you've literally used cycling to punish yourself. Essentially, so yeah. So you can forget about stuff, the pain that you're going through off Yeah, the exactly. The generic sports mind is telling you to constantly push yourself and constantly yeah. strive forward. So did you struggle with that sort of juxtaposition of trying to push yourself but telling yourself, wait, this is bad for my mental health?
1: Uh, Yes, so things got really bad for me after I crashed and I couldn't ride my bike, I literally could not ride my bike at all and that's when things really hit ahead because I had no other escape to not feel and then that's when I got to the point of I actually need to deal with these things in my life so yeah it's hard now I'm understanding that I can't constantly keep pushing myself so, yeah, actually talking to someone really helps because in my head, I was like, push yourself. If you keep pushing, you'll get faster, faster and faster. But it doesn't, doesn't necessarily work like that. You actually need to, like, you need structure.
0: Are you putting in structure and routine into that for your cycling program? Or is it simply just a broader spectrum and then it ties in?
1: Yeah, it's a broader spectrum and then it yeah. ties in. Like, right now, I'm still enjoying riding my bike. I enjoy riding fast. But rather than pushing myself way too hard now it's a thing of okay you can't do this you're not hitting the same numbers rather than being hard on myself I'm more okay stop rest because you honestly can't do anymore like two weeks ago I had a week where my heart rate wouldn't go past like 160 and that's a massive sign saying you need to rest and usually I try and push and force my heart rate to go upwards but I was like no just rest yeah and it helps it's like the fittest I've ever been so. and you're
0: getting better at doing that like just saying no i need to rest
1: yeah I'm much better and i feel better i can climb better even it feels quite nice
0: is there any sort of bits of advice that you'd give someone that is maybe still hidden and trapped
1: just talk to someone you can even talk to me i'm very open with talking to people about things i'm probably sharer, but um to talk honestly just talk to someone it's hard at first because feeling vulnerable and soft preservation you don't want to feel vulnerable at all it's like it's in your DNA why well, would you want to be vulnerable it makes no sense but it's definitely worth it for things to get better you have to just talk to someone like yeah one thing I found when I f- first started dealing with this was just saying my thoughts out loud and I kept saying things like oh this is stupid I feel like this but then my sister my best friend she'd be like that's not stupid at all because people think like this as well I used to think there's always something wrong with me but people go through things. What you gotta do is just talk to, it, talk to people because some people can relate.
0: Is it something that you can easily just go and talk to your GP about? Definitely. How How did you sort of find a therapist? <laughs> is that Is that a hard process to go through?
1: Uh, for me, it kind of was, but obviously with my situation, it got to a point where things couldn't continue as they were. And it's just about being honest and rather than using unhealthy coping mechanisms I had to go to my GP and tell her what I'd been doing and
0: that must have been quite a big day
1: the hardest day of my life honestly to this day I've climbed mountains ran a half marathon with no training which is so silly as well but I've done all these things but nothing compared to that day I remember how I felt and that's honestly rock bottom but you have to go through it it's hard but You just got to do it because short-term fixes and long long-term well-being is more important than the short term honestly
0: what was the feeling when you left that appointment i don't
1: know what normal is anymore yeah that was the scariest thing because everybody wants something that's familiar you know that's you want to be able to live your life in the familiar almost but knowing that after i left the gp that things are going to change like being on medication for example I knew that was gonna be a massive change and I had to get ready to deal with it and that's the scariest thing just finding a new normal
0: it's really important to open up but also understand that it's not the end no that's the beginning of working towards it exactly did you start to feel then that a lift people often talk about a lift yeah, is that something that can you can associate with, or the way you describe finding the new normal is yeah. quite an interesting thing. Of, I guess you're just resetting. Yeah, how you deal with, deal with emotions is that right?
1: Yeah, essentially, um, especially with the new normal and the lift, definitely, because. The things that i'd keep bottled up thinking that i don't want to bother anybody else with i don't want to be a burden to anybody else especially like with my emotions because like, people have their own things to go through those are thoughts i'd constantly have in my head i don't want to bother anyone and my new normal was whenever i feel bad about something talking to friends family going through a meal small things like that just reaching out you'd be surprised how many people care about you and yeah that was the lifting part just being able to tell my friends i feel like this or just telling just being honest. Yeah. Rather than putting on like a brave face or a mask and trying to cope with everything, just being honest.
0: Dealing with that progression and finding a a new normal, is that something that is just a constant working progress? Yeah,
1: definitely, because nothing happens overnight, unfortunately, and it's definitely a work in progress. It's just staying committed to working on it rather than just giving up, and that's the thing just staying committed to just trying to get better because it will get better and obviously there's been times where i believe that it won't but just talking and then realizing how irrational that is just the skills i'm learning and i didn't even know it sounds so simple like being mindful sitting in the moment and acknowledging your feelings it sounds so simple but you don't really with so much going on in your head you can't turn that off at times and you can't just focus on the little things and just be like okay. Let me do this look after myself for example there's no like end goal other than just to be better and you can't really chase it's like cycling for example you can't just be a cat one overnight you can't just get like that fast it's a process and using these skills it does help
0: when you got back on that bike the thing that you had sort of punished you but you'd also fallen in love with yeah was there a moment when you got back to it and you thought this is going in the right direction?
1: Yeah, so the bike I crashed on was my track bike in a fixed gear crit. And I didn't ride my track bike for a very long time after that, I didn't even touch it, I didn't chew the wheels, nothing. And I woke up one morning, and I was just tired of feeling miserable. Uh, it happens, it's ups and downs. And I just remember just literally getting the bike, putting it back together again, chewing the wheels, doing everything, like making it tip top, greasing the bottom bracket shell, putting everything back together again. I just went for a simple ride on my track bike like I used to do years ago. And it just it didn't feel like a burden anymore. It didn't feel like I was looking at this thing and it's just reminding me of the crash. It's just a bike and it's freeing, just riding your bike and being free. And those feelings sort of joy came back and I was able to just ride my bike around. It's like, this is actually fun. I don't need to go fast all the time. I don't need to suffer. It's just feeling free.
0: thank you for listening. If you would like to see the portraits from this week's episode, please go to findingspace.cc. For more interviews like this, please subscribe to the Finding Space podcast. But more importantly, if this story resonated with you, please share. The more we engage with the topic of mental health, the further we can go to break down the stigma.